what I would say first and foremost is have a schedule and a routine. That's just, even if you're not taking the exam, I think that's so important and so healthy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast. I'm Mark Goldman, CPA, and your host for the podcast. Well, we have another first time happening on the show, or maybe I should call this a third time happening. I'm not sure. Amber Setter is joining us for the third time as a guest on the program, and this is the first time that we've ever done that. We've had a few guests come on the show twice, but this will be the first time we have a guest on for a third interview. This is for a very specific purpose, though. In case you didn't hear Amber's first two guest appearances, we're going to go ahead and cover her own career story in summary this time basically starting in accounting and then her transformation into a professional coach. It's a really interesting story. But our main topic for today is going to be how to optimize your situation if you find yourself studying for the CPA exam during this coronavirus time period, or maybe if you find yourself not studying as much as you would like for the exam and it's something that you want to do. Certification is really near and dear to my heart because it made a difference in my own career, and I wanted to bring on an expert who has faced her own challenges as well on the show so that we could share some practical advice and insights for how to get through studying in a time like this. If you're hearing this around the release date and you yourself are studying for the exam, I think you're going to find a tremendous amount of value in it. But even if you're listening to this much after the release date, six months, a year, maybe several years afterwards, I think you're still going to find value in it because, frankly, studying for a certification exam, any certification exam, takes tremendous effort. And there's definitely some valuable insights that Amber's going to share on how to get through that time period. If you do enjoy and in fact learn something from this unique episode, please share it out on social media. We love it when we gain new listeners. And of course, it helps others find the podcast as well. We've been seeing more and more of that. And it just it really warms my heart. I really appreciate you doing it. So if you can spare just an extra minute or two to share it out on social media or give us a rating in your podcast app, whichever you prefer. We really do appreciate it. It's so nice to have those. Thank you very much. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get started. A first for us, a third time on the show for Amber. Here's Amber Setter. Well, hello, Amber. Welcome back again. Thank you so much. I feel just honored that you've invited me back and especially now because it's a different time for all of us and if I'm able to give some nuggets and some insights to those who are pondering studying for the CP exam or studying and struggling with it I'm happy to be of service wonderful well thank you I really appreciate you coming back on the show for sure well for the audience we have Amber Setter joining us again and actually this is the first time for me because it's the first time we've had a guest back three times. But this time is going to be for a little different purpose. We're recording this during the coronavirus crisis because we've both been seeing a variety of messaging out there on social media about how this is affecting people in their pursuit 
of the CPA certification. And I was anxious to visit again with Amber myself because I'm really curious how we all can continue to grow during times like this. And for those pursuing the CPA certification, I really do think there are some opportunities out there for us. Amber, before we get into the certification-specific discussion, though, I think it's important that the audience you know, understands where you came from because everyone may not have heard the previous two episodes. Give us just you know sort of a synopsis, a summary of your own accounting background and what your business is now. You know what you do, how you spend your time. Yeah, so I'll start with today and work it backwards. So today, what I do primarily is I'm an executive leadership coach. And I work with all levels of leaders who want to become happier, want to achieve a certain result, whether it's changing careers, becoming promoted, passing the CPA exam. And I started my career as an accountant. Maybe what's relevant to today's conversation is I actually graduated in December 2002, and I was living in Silicon Valley. And at that time, 9-11 had happened. There was a contraction in the market the dot-com bubble burst, and Arthur Anderson went under. So it wasn't really the best time to get a job in accounting in the Silicon Valley. I did, and so I think really empathize with people who might be recent graduates or coming to the market a little bit scared because that's exactly what happened to me. I was a staff accountant for a couple years, shifted into working in campus recruiting, so I understand what it's like looking for candidates, seeking them out that might be relevant to today's conversation. I've done learning and development, so I know what it's like to get all the CPE once you get your license and help people manage that. And then I became a professional coach about seven years ago. So I didn't really intentionally, per se, devote my career thus far to the accounting profession. In fact, in coach training, you can coach anyone. And I do have clients who not, aren't necessarily working in accounting, but the majority of my practice is people at all levels, and most people are working in public accounting. So a little bit about my history and what I'm up to today. Wonderful. You know, you gave me enough there for episodes four, five, and even maybe six with you at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that was a hard time when you got out of school. It was, yeah. I didn't really know it, but it was. But I got not only one offer, but two. I turned my first offer down and followed my heart. So I get there's a little bit of that I've been doing that for a while. And it's something as coach, I always encourage people to do is find their own path that suits them best. So true. So true. So how is the whole pandemic situation affected the CPA exam process from a practical standpoint? What are you seeing out there? Yeah, so there's definitely some practical pieces of things that we know. And then there's some things that we don't know. And I think that for all of us in all different kind of facets of our life, that's how it is, right? So what we do know with the CPA exam, one early change, which I think is a really great change, is that they've eliminated the blackout periods. So you might recall when they first introduced the computerized exam, it was two months on, one month off, and then that one month became 20 days where it was closed. Now that's all gone. So continuous testing is now available. Again, it's still an 18-month rolling period, but I think that is something helpful for people, especially as they're juggling compliance deadlines that they're working with and such where there were conflicts before. That has gone away. 
just yesterday. So here we are recording this on April 24th. Who knows when it's going to go out and who knows how this is going to change. But yesterday, NASBA announced that CPA testing is going to resume on May 1st. So that ProMetric will be opened again. It was closed for a while. Now, the caveat in there is we don't know because it's open and it resumes, but that's based on what government regulations and guidelines allow. So it might be state by state or even county by county if ProMetrics even open. And that's like, to me, a huge other big unknown is how are we going to keep a level playing field, right? If, if it's open in one state and it's not and how they track 18 months, my heart goes out to those who are trying to track it and manage that 18 months because it's just going to be so different and contextual for everyone. One other thing that we do know is that NASBA announced that because ProMetric was closed, that if people had a notice to schedule that was going to expire. So when a candidate pays for their exams or if they get something called a notice to schedule and they can go to ProMetric and schedule their exams, but those things expire. And if they had one that was going to expire between April 1st and June 30th, they're going to extend that all the way till September 30th. That's very generous. And there's nothing that the candidate needs to do. NASBA says, don't, you don't have to contact your board of accountancy. It'll automatically be extended for you. So that is something I thought was really generous and very helpful for the candidates. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for going over all that. It's going to be a nice resource for people to have it all in one place. <laughs> like, yeah. Tomorrow, but we'll see. Yeah, and when you said resources, that jogged my memory. I know that I'm in California, and then the California Board of Accountancy made a small special space specific to COVID-19. So questions that might be relevant for initial licensure. So they put things like this that they're updating that I just went over, as well as common question like, hey, my university, they're not giving me a grade. They're going to credit no credit. Does that still count towards my 150 or 225? And the Board of Accountancy confirmed that it did. So maybe that's another resource for candidates is just to look if their particular jurisdiction has a page that specifically has questions related to COVID-19 and the impact in their state. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Well, what got me on track for wanting to do this show, or actually both of us, actually, you saw something on social media and called me out on it. And then I came back and said, well, no, I think you're the expert on this, not me. So let's do a podcast. When all this started happening, I thought, well, great, you know, this will be an opportunity for everyone studying for the CPA exam to just be able to study more. And we may even see an uptick in people getting certified. And then we saw something online about an individual having difficulty and that hadn't even occurred to me. So obviously it had occurred to you. What could actually make it more difficult for people to prepare during this time? And how do we combat those issues? Yeah. So one of the things you said that triggered my mind was before we go into the issues studying during the pandemic is if we had a crystal ball and we could predict what's going to happen with CPA licensure, I think we're going to see a contraction in the market in terms of the employment, right? Like we know unemployment's going off and are going up. And then sometimes we hear this thing like accounting's recession proof. And in many ways, accounting is and at the same time, I think we're going to see fewer full-time job offers, you know, internships are changing. And so that's going to mean with time, we're probably going to see more people sitting for the CPA exam, right? Maybe someone was going to graduate and they're like, I guess I'll stay in school for a fifth year and become an accountant. 
So good news for the profession. I think we're going to see more people going in and taking the exam, but that's not really kind of the, well, what if I'm an exam taker today? What does it mean for me today? And it's always so contextual, right? So as a coach, I like to really help people understand as a coach, I'm sometimes giving advice and expertise and helping people understand different theories or resources. But a big part of what I do is have people stop and say, who am I and what do I need? And then building a plan based on that. So if you're an exam candidate who is like Amber Sutter and has a small child with no childcare right now, it might not make sense to study for the exam because you might really not have time. I saw, I read this little short story that someone had posted on social media and when it talked about the pandemic, it was a brilliant metaphor. It said, we're all in the same storm, but we all have a unique ship. So with that in mind, you know, if you're a person who have a lot going on in your life, whether you're parenting or maybe there's a lot of unique stress to you. I personally know a couple people in my life where they have family members going through treatment for cancer. So those people are very vulnerable or they might be going in for a procedure and they can't have family with them in the hospital. So it's just a very stressful time. Might not make sense for somebody to try to study because psychologically, that's just weighing and taking a lot up a lot of their energy. Now, that's if you don't have any sections passed, or maybe one section passed, and you don't really have a lot of stuff in your bucket. If you've got three of them passed, I'd say don't let those things expire. You might want to try and figure out is there a way you can get childcare or different things so you could. If you're in a different camp than Amber Setter, right, if you're somebody who now finds yourself I'm working from home. I don't have that commute time anymore. Or, you know, I can't go out and socialize. I can't get distracted by happy hour or going on a fun trip with my friends. I don't have anything else to do on the weekend. Maybe now is a good time to study. And I would say, yeah, if you find yourself with more time, more capacity to do it, it's a great time to get sections done. But there's still some challenges in that. Any, I don't know if I should keep going or if you have any questions about some of the things I've said versus like the challenges for those who have ample time. No, that's good. Thank you. I am curious in the normal situation, you know, or the normal situation, you know, what we used to be in before the pandemic, you'd hear tips like study during your transit time. You know, if you're on the subway or bus or, you know, however you're getting to work, that's downtime where you can study downtimes at work, things like that. Do you have any practical tips for times like this for someone that may not want to postpone their certification process, but they are dealing with just the feeling that they don't have as much time at home? Any ideas for where they may be able to find? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that's serving me well is I've actually worked from home since 2005. And I've lived through times where I've done it really well and other times where I felt totally isolated and, you know, had way too many conversations with my dog. So that being said, like, it's hard. It's very challenging for those of us who are working maybe in our living rooms, who are trying to study in our living rooms, and there's just no breakup in the day. So if you are somebody who wants to maximize this time and break it up, what I would say first and foremost is have a schedule and a routine. That's just, even if you're not taking the exam, I think that's so important and so healthy. And even though you're not commuting, 
think about what do you need to maybe do to have those transitions. So when it's study to work or, you know, I worked eight hours today or 10 hours and I'm going to study, create some kind of transition in between. So a transition in between might be go outside for a walk, do some at-home yoga. We take for granted that that maybe depends on where you live, what your commute time's like, but that 15 minutes or one hour that it's actually transporting your mind from doing my work to being a person who studies. I know personally parents right now are really challenged with this because they like walk out of their office door, they're working from home and their kid just attacks them. Like they don't have five minutes, they only have seconds to try and psychologically switch to the next thing. So again, have a routine, but have a way to psychologically switch to that next thing that you're going to be working on. Okay. You know, you mentioned yoga and that is something that I wanted to hit on a little bit because I remember from our previous conversations that you are a believer in and understand the value of self-care. So what are some ways that we can make sure we're taking care of ourselves physically and mentally, you know, during this time so that studying for such a taxing certification as a CPA exam doesn't wear us out? Yeah, it's a great question. So First and foremost, what I've been learning for myself is self-care varies almost week to week in this world that I'm living in. I'm in California and I'm in Southern California. And I share that because Northern California closed up like a week or 10 days earlier than where I live. So I'm probably like on week five of living in a state that has a shelter in place order. And what I needed in week one is really different than week four and week five. So specific to living in a pandemic or just a time of a lot of chaos and uncertainty, I would advise people that like once a week, what do I need in the next week to take care of myself? I think that's an important thing because again, it's changing. I can tell you for me personally at the beginning, I needed a lot more sleep because I was making a lot of new decisions. Like, how am I going to do childcare? I've got to move all my clients around. My clients actually, like, their needs are taking a lot of my energy. And I think we're seeing that a lot of it with accountants, right? They're helping these businesses, small businesses, maybe they're really struggling and trying to help them understand how they can get some of these financial incentives. They're trying to learn all the rules and it's exhausting work, right? So, If work is really exhausting you, if the demand for work is really high, you might need more sleep. I also really, really believe that right now it's really important to check in with our own self. What I'm noticing in conversations of having with people is people are really getting present to what they value most. So it's either they're completely missing it, like, man, I can't wait to go on a hike again. I had a client tell me, like, I'm never going to take the beach for granted again. You know, here in California, we can go all the time. So maybe we don't go as often. So really just checking in, like, what do I need once a week and really checking in with oneself, especially during this time, you might have read about it or heard about it, but having clear boundaries on the news. Um, I think at first we're like, oh, we really want to keep up to date, but there's not a lot of new news coming out necessarily. So maybe just having a time budget for how much news you're going to watch to make sure that it's just not creating some energetic diminishing returns for yourself. Other things could be 
journaling, right? Just getting your thoughts and feelings out. This is a very, very unique time. I actually just did a webinar earlier this week and I went through the psychology of feeling out of our comfort zone using Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I don't know if our listeners are that familiar with it, but the basic bottom of the pyramid is like our biological needs. And I shared, you know, it's the first time in my life as a 42-year-old Caucasian woman, American, I went to the grocery store and I couldn't buy the basics. I couldn't get milk. I couldn't get bread. I couldn't get eggs. And that's a scary feeling. Like somewhere in me, that probably rattled me. And our, what goes on in our thoughts and our feelings impacts our ability for those of us who are knowledge workers to produce. So again, it's important for candidates to kind of know what am I thinking? What am I feeling? How do I need to take care of myself given all the uncertainty that I'm living in? Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of good points in there. I can relate to the grocery store comment. I, went, I did a short podcast here recently based on my own grocery store experience. And yeah, I live in South Texas. And so one of the staples is salsa. And there was two options, you know, and there's usually 50. So <laughs> I, couldn't, wow. I, I couldn't believe it. But I digress a little bit, but no, I, I can relate. We're really coming to realize what we truly need and just some of the things that we really, really don't need. In life. Yeah. One of the things I was noticing walking around my neighborhood, the obvious that probably everyone's seeing is we're actually talking to each other. We're not walking by each other with our heads and our phones anymore. It's like, oh, hey, there's a person. Hi, neighbor. Great to see you, you know? So that's really been lovely. But I also seen people cleaning out their homes cleaning out their garages. And I think it's like, oh, I'm trapped inside with all these material possessions that don't really make me happy. You know, what will make me happy? So I think there really can be some gifts in this experience. If you focus on what are the gifts of the experience instead of the frustration that you can't do the things that, you know, you like to be doing. Definitely. Definitely. Well, now you did some research of your own uh, or some put out some questions of your own on Fishbowl. And then I'm sure you've seen things on social media as well. So what other challenges are you hearing or what pitfalls are you seeing people fall into during this time? Yeah, so I think let's talk about the pitfall. So one of the things that could be going on for exam takers is knowingly or unknowingly feeling fear about their job security. There is stuff being published. We've seen some firms who have decided that they're going to lay people off or there's been reduction in compensation across the board. And that's some stuff that's really going on. And so whether it's happened in somebody's organization or they've heard about it or read an article about it, they might be carrying some insecurity that they're going to lose their job. And so when that happens, sometimes people will overcorrect and try to work as hard as they can, especially if they're working from home and people can't visibly see them, right? So they want to be online all the time. They want to respond within five seconds. And it's like the pendulum kind of shifts over too far. And I get that, right? We want to keep our job and we want to contribute. And where candidates just even not during in the pandemic might get tripped up is they focus on the short term instead of the long term. So the short term is I want to respond to that email within five seconds and be available and prove that I'm working and I'm a hard worker. But long term, they might be doing that at the expense of the exam. 
And what I know from my time of working in campus recruiting and learning and development is when it comes to performance management in an organization, if somebody has passed the CPA exam, that's a big gold star in terms of them being a a little head of others, maybe in their group, their peer group, and I think would ensure it would be more favorable in ensuring job security than somebody who had not passed the exam. Another thing that's really, really real right now, I think with all accountants, and I think it was one of my clients actually said it is like, we don't do well in the unknown. Like we like to know, you know, we want that checklist and like the unknowing is really a place of discomfort. So when we don't know how deadlines are going to go or regulations, it's just I think I probably told you this joke before in another podcast, and I always go back to it, but why did the accountant cross the road? It's the same thing they did last year. So I always want to look back to that precedent and back to that precedent. We don't have a precedent right now for everything that's going on. And that just psychologically takes up a lot of space for people. I do know there are very high number of accountants who are actually very, very busy right now. So just as an example for a tax practitioner, although they might have extended the individual due date to July 15th, clients still want their returns done. They want to know if they're getting a refund and they want their refund right away. Or maybe they didn't file a return before, but now they want to get some money from the government and they need the return filed in order to do that. So they're like, hi, remember that 2018 return I never did? Can you do that yesterday? And so there is actually a lot of activity and work that so not all people maybe necessarily have ample time and they still need to make the exam a priority. And then the final piece is just people are having a hard time with this. Maybe they're sitting at home, they don't have a roommate and they're all by themselves and they're feeling light up anxiety or depression. And when you're in this different psychological state, it's very, very hard to focus, right? You're trying to study and take in complex ideas, but your mind's not really operating at 100%. It's kind of like maybe you slept two hours instead of you got a good eight hours of sleep. So if you're someone like that, I would just find ways that you can find emotional outlets and talk to people. Whether I know my clients, my coaching clients, they're not missing any calls. Like they realize now they need coaching more than ever to talk through their thoughts and their feelings and to get grounded. So people have others that can really emotionally support them in this time would be very, very valuable. A lot lot of good points, definitely. I like what you said about focusing on the long-term because I think, well, this is going to be one of those life experiences like 9-11 and space shuttle where people will talk about where you were you know, during this time and what you did. And and I think it's going to come up in interviews. And for those conversations, I think that employers are going to be looking for conversations about how you grew or how you were resilient or adapted. They're not going to be looking for the fact that you sat in front of your computer all the time or, you know, binge Netflix <laughs> the whole time. They're going to be something that uh, where you improved yourself for sure. For sure. Well, this has been a really good conversation. There's a couple other items I want to talk to you about. You've got yeah about some other things, but I want to make sure we we cover everything that came out of that fishbowl questioning. Is there anything else that we should hit on? Yeah, I think we're pretty good. I mean, I would just say back to what you were saying about imagine you're being interviewed because it's a great one, right? Like whether you're literally going to be going through an interview or not, what do you want to say you did with your life during this experience? And 
one of the things just to know about how the human brain works is it can't hold on to fear-based thoughts of, am I going to lose my job? How am I going to pay my rent? Am I going to get to see my grandma who's vulnerable ever again? It can't hold on to fear and gratitude at the same time. That's why you might not know why that we oftentimes coaches or articles, it's like the practice of gratitude is so important. It's so important because you're really training your brain to get into another space and to get out of fear and to get into a more grounded place of being. And so when we talk about growth or resiliency, by focusing on like, what are the gifts in this experience? What about today went well? I found myself going to the grocery store the second time during the pandemic and they didn't have the beans that I wanted for this particular soup, but I bought some other ones. I'm like, these were even better. You know, I wouldn't have picked up this alternative if I didn't have a choice. So maybe really working, using this as an opportunity to see all the ways in which things are going good or being grateful for what you do have. If we just sit there and get frustrated by what we don't have, you know, I really wish my daughter's preschool was open. It would be nice to have childcare and a routine. (laughs) Sure. And I just try to enjoy the gifts of be able to be with her more, right? Like, Like, oh, she starts kindergarten in September and then she's kind of in that K through 12 system. What a gift that I get to have these months and this time with her now while she's little and she thinks I'm cool because I've heard she might not think I'm cool at some point. (laughs) So that would just be, you know, again, imagine like to your question, there's going to be an interviewer asking me like, what did I do during this period? And what do you want to say that you did with your time, whether it was ample time or not a lot? How did you grow from the experience and overcome what is really is a challenge in different ways for people? Okay. You know, since, since we're coming into this recession time, I didn't realize this is something you have in common. Actually, I started my career right after a major economic issue. I didn't realize you had as well. Mine was a little earlier, but... <laughs> But that's what we're in now. And so both of us had to find job opportunities when they weren't as plentiful, when interns weren't all scooped up. Any advice or, you know, maybe maybe thinking back to what maybe you did right or well at that time or maybe what you didn't, any advice you would want to pass on to someone that finds themselves getting laid off here and having to actually search for a job as opposed to waiting for it to come to them? Yeah. So a couple things. I'll speak to those who are laid off and then speak, maybe speak to people who are going to be entering into the market. It's kind of related. So one of my favorite quotes is by an author named Eckhart Tolle. And he says, how do you know you need to have an experience? Because that's the one you're having. So it's a little mystical, maybe a little out there. And That has been something that's really helped me. When life doesn't go the way that I, my planning mind went, (laughs) when I'm going to do something and this is why when I'm going to do it, when it's not going that way, it's again like what are the gifts in the experience? So that's just one way for like that I've seen that, you know, when life doesn't go the way you plan, that there's a gift in it. So I was coaching someone recently who was like, oh my, what if I lose my job? And I said, well, when you hired me like three months ago, do I even want this job? So can we just say like that might be okay? And it was like, oh, that's right. I'm not even sure, you know, do I really like this job? So if you really lose your job, like it is what it is. I'd say what I know for those who are in accounting that they should really just stop and say, 
what do I want to do? Like what's most important to me? So what I see people do is they might like go to Google and say, what's a practical pivot from here? Like what's the next job? And Google doesn't tell you what your soul needs. That's the part that's looking within. And so that really kind of shifts back to what worked well for me when I entered into getting my first job. So I somehow managed to get one of the very few internships that was available. I worked at a big four firm and I worked in audit. I had a great internship experience. I worked on a year-end audit in the summer of a publicly traded company. Like it was real. It wasn't, you know, just a 40-hour work week of getting snacks for people. And I went through that and I got an offer and I actually turned the offer down. And everyone thought I was crazy. My family thought I was crazy. My peers in Beta Alpha Psi was like, what do you, you turned a job down? And I was like, yeah, I just, audit didn't make my heart sing. And I had been exposed to another firm that was a really prominent firm in the Silicon Valley, still is a prominent firm in the Silicon Valley. And I'd heard the managing partner there speak about all the opportunities available in a smaller firm. And they didn't have an internship, but that just like stuck in my mind. So I went through campus recruiting again. I ended up getting an offer at that firm. I worked there for 10 years and it was the absolute best fit for me. So I would tell people like, just follow your heart. And that's why it goes to journaling. Like, how am I feeling? What do I need? What's going on? If I had a magic wand, what would I do with my life? It's not necessarily a muscle and the accounting mind that's naturally as strong because it's always very more technical versus introspective big ideas. And I do a training on different parts of the brain where we're more comfortable operating. But it's really, I think, a valuable place to go to at times like this, and especially in career transition. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I still end every podcast with three questions, but I don't have a script for when someone's been on the show a third time. <laughs> hey, I might give you a different answer. Who knows? <laughs> you never know. You know. I figured I'd go with three different questions, just adapting here a little bit. To wrap it all up, I guess, what would be the best piece of advice or the best words of inspiration you have for someone that is struggling to study for a certification exam at this point? What hope can you give them? Yeah, I would say know yourself to design your process, right? So if you're a person who has a lot of time but knows you're not studying and you should, like if you know yourself, you really know. You know you're avoiding it or you should do it if you just really get honest with yourself. Or if you really know like, hey, I've got this small kid at home and I, we don't have childcare and it's, it's really impossible right now know yourself and design your process and don't let other people's ideas of you should be doing it right now when it feels impossible because you'll just end up doing it and end up getting, you know, at 60 and you've wasted that energy that you could have, you know, been with your child. So good idea. Good point. Good point. Well, you know, you alluded to when we're recording and when we release and I need to work out a few things because I need to expedite this one just because of the time <laughs> we're in. <laughs> But it's certain to be a couple weeks. I wanted to ask you, because we'll still be in the crisis of some way, you know, at, at that point. What are you most looking forward to after the crisis subsides somewhat on a personal level or professional? Yeah. So it's funny because somebody asked me that. And the first time I heard it, 
I said, I'm not allowing myself to dream. Wow, that's interesting. And the funnier thing about that is I'm much more of a dreamer. That's why like the accounting thing didn't work out. I'm much more like dream, dream, dream. If you would have asked me that two weeks ago, I would have probably said my spin bike, but I bought a Peloton. So I would say it's really travel. I'm really excited to travel again. I'm more of a risk taker. So I'm like, oh, tickets to Italy are going to be cheap. I'm going to go back to Italy because they've been on lockdown. But I'm really looking forward to travel and seeing my friends in a personal way versus over Zoom. There you go. Yeah, actually, uh, interestingly enough, a friend of mine's already bought tickets to Italy for it's like for next summer, but he figured get a great deal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're all accountants at heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, when it first started, I did buy tickets for August to Hawaii because my grandparents are there. And I thought, okay, I'll get tickets to go see grandma and grandpa. And then like now you can't even fly to Hawaii. So I got round trip for $400 from California. Not too bad for the month of August, which is high season. Wow. Yeah, that is awesome. Wow. Okay. Well, to wrap it up, what's the best way for someone to contact you or find out more about your offerings online? Where should we point them? Yeah. So my website is ambersettercoaching.com. I do have a section there too that says that people can sign up for my newsletter. And so if they would like to do that, because I'm actually learning, I need to get more organized with my marketing. (laughs) I don't have time to sit at my desk all day. So I hired somebody to help me with that. But I'm going to do stuff specific to if I'm doing webcasts or just articles or things like this. And if you want information about the CPA exam, I'll send it to you because I'm in a lot of conversations. I teach a lot of free CPE out in the world or for charge, but there's a lot of information. That's how they can stay in the loop with me or connect with me on LinkedIn because I post a lot there as well. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much again. I mean, you're definitely top on the friends of the podcast list at this point. <laughs> thank you for coming well, thank on again. Thank you, Mark. You know, it's just such a service that you provide to the profession, you know, building this following and making this information available to people real time who might really be like, what do I do? Do I study? Do I not study? What's going on? And so you know, I wanted to hop on again, just to share information to help people through navigating the unknown right now. Wonderful. Well, hopefully there'll be a fourth someday. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Well, that was my discussion with Amber Setter on how to handle studying for the CPA certification during a crisis period. And I don't know about you, but I found a lot of value and I really appreciated how practical she was with her advice. She didn't sugarcoat anything. And so if you are in that situation where you're studying for a certification exam during this pandemic period, or maybe you're listening to this several years later and you're just having difficulty for whatever reason, maybe it's a huge crisis or maybe it's a small crisis, but it's getting in the way of your studying. Maybe you can find some value or little tidbits of knowledge that will help you through that period. I really hope that for you. Well, thank you again for joining us. I'm Mark Goldman, your host for Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast. Like I mentioned in the intro, if you can spare just a few seconds, please leave us a rating or share it out on social media. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today and to help others find us. We'll see you all next week. There's more to come.